0: Hey everybody out there in podcast land, this is Rabbi David Foreman, and welcome to the first episode of Something New, something kind of un-Aleph-Beta-like that we're trying over here. We have tentatively titled this podcast Aleph-Beta Quarantined, and kind of where that came from was um, something that which kind of you know seemed unthinkable about five or six days ago. Uh, the first word of some schools shutting down in our area, we immediately kind of decided to make... Alif Beda Free for those who are suffering from quarantine and effects of that. And, uh, you know, my compadre Emu over here at Alif Central and I, and Emu's here with me and I'll introduce him to you in a moment, uh, kind of had this idea to try to put together a podcast that is sort of a journey through the unknown. Um, I know it sounds like what we do here in Aleph Beda Land, Emu, is um, analysis of Torah text, and this isn't. Uh, this is a, a kind of a journey through a different kind of unknown, not the unknown of text, but the unknown of life, without really knowing what's coming around us. And you're my friend. In addition to being my colleague, I look forward to the chance to talk with you and to bring in our larger community of Olive Beta listeners into that discussion as we kind of collectively try to confront the unknown. So, Emu, let me turn that over to you for just some introductory thoughts.
1: Yeah, thanks Rabbi Foreman. I think, you know, we're really just jumping in without uh without a real clear sense of uh what exactly we're going to do here in this podcast and I think that's actually strangely appropriate since nobody knows uh what's coming down the pike, but uh we are a a Jewish content company um and while we we typically focus on in-depth text study Um, we are aware that, you know, many of our users all across the world and and many, much of the Jewish community and the larger community, um, is going through a difficult time. Um, and we want to use our resources, uh, really to just to meet the need, but also we're just going to talk, Rabbi Foreman and I, about what's going on. I know over the coming days, we're thinking about putting together a guide for, you know, how to put together a Pesach those of you who are finding yourselves in a situation of having to do that the first time, Uh, how to lead a Seder, some of the best videos we'd recommend uh, for you to watch. Um, We're also making for the very first time ever, all of our resources at Aleph Beta free of charge for anybody uh, in quarantine or practicing social distancing, just so that you have these resources available to you so that you can uh, give your kids something to do so that you yourself can focus on uh, on hopefully some Torah that will uh, bring about some some high spirits during during a difficult time.
0: Um, but, you know, I hope we can do a couple things with this with this podcast, and here's what I've, I'd like to see if we can shoot for. You know, one of them is almost like life hacks, Jewish life hacks. It's you know, I was chatting with uh, Rifki Stern, our producer over here, and I, the idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs kind of came into my mind, which is you know. In the best of times, we focus on these really rarefied needs, like self-actualization and stuff. But sometimes, you know, when you don't have food, that's the only thing you can think about. And I think one of our real basic needs is is companionship. And, and when we're isolated, it's, it's tough. And some of our basic needs are just like, how do I get through this new kind of life? And what's it like to be isolated for a while, to have my kids home, to work from home, to be scared? Um, to just it feels like it's a to talk to my kids about this. It's frightening. It's frightening, I guess. And and um, one of the things you can do in frightening times is to kind of confront it together. And I, I think um, one of the things I I think we can do is offer some practical um, suggestions for getting through it. That's number one. Number two is just provide some social solidarity. If you know, can open up the conversations that we're having to others. And three is to bring in some other folks and and talk to some other people in the Beta community, maybe interview them about what's going on with their lives. And um, I think to, um, I don't know, I just think it's a time to to be together, and it's a way that we can sort of begin to use technology to be together. So having said that, let me talk a little bit about where we physically are. Uh, Emu Emu is in his home office in Bergen County, I am in Israel in the lobby of the Leonardo Plaza Hotel. You could hear the chatter in the background. For starters, um, Emu, you and I have pretty different experiences. Uh, You're in America. I'm in Israel. In many ways, the fear is the same, but the specifics are different. And I wanted to at least begin, I guess, by asking you about what's going on there, and how has life changed for you in the last 24 hours?
1: Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um... In the last 24 to 48 hours, we were thinking about putting this podcast together. We were thinking of doing it for, you know, schools and communities that are in, in quarantine. Uh, You know, my brother is uh, in Riverdale uh near and his kids are in SAR and and they had uh, positive coronavirus cases. And so they were in self-quarantine. Um, But I woke up this morning to find out that uh, the Bergen County VOD, uh, an association of rabbis together... Um, collaborated with local hospitals that are, are worried about uh, the possibility of a large influx of patients. Um, and they shut down all the schools in the area and all the shuls in the area. Uh, and they're, they're asking us to practice aggressive social distancing. Um, they've asked all members of, of Bergen County, so this is Teaneck, Bergenfield, uh, to stay home, to work from home, uh, kids taken out of school, um, and I think you know what's wild for me is I started cooking for Shabbos, we're having guests over, but the the RCBC said that uh, we should cancel those plans, guests should stay home, no uh, no Shabbos meals, um, and no no playdates for the kids. So, you know, I really plan to sit down and record this podcast as a service to to others, but uh, I find that my community now uh, in practicing extreme social distancing. Yeah, I'm still reeling. I'm still still processing exactly what this means for, for my family, for my community.
0: Yeah, you've got uh, little kids. Emu's got uh, some little ones. Uh, how, how old are your kids?
1: I have a, a one-year-old and a four-year-old.
0: So the notion of having them home but isolated, right? No little friends for a four-year-old, especially over Shabbos. That's quite a disruption in a routine, no? I mean, what's that like?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've been thinking about what would happen if we, you know, if we needed to practice, you know, social distancing, and I was expecting, you know, for my kids to be able to at least play with the neighbors, or, you know, we have a a backyard, and we can invite some people over, but uh, I'm not really sure what we're going to do right now. My wife is freaking out a bit. Uh, I'm freaking out a bit. I I think we can handle it for a few days, but uh, I really worry and hope this doesn't turn into two weeks, because I'm not sure... I'm not sure we can handle it. And part of me sort of thinks like, you know, this is good. It's good for the community. It's good to protect um, to protect people and make sure that there aren't, you know, that, that there's no real sickness that's being spread. But uh, right now, I guess what's top of mind for me is, boy, this is going to be tough to be home alone with our kids for two weeks. As much as we love our children, uh, it's difficult to entertain, you know, a four-year-old around the clock Uh, So, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how long this is going to last. And I know that this is something many people are are going through.
0: Yeah, difficult as it is, you know, if I can just pitch in with my own appreciation to the the rabbis of of your community for having the courage to do something really tough and and unprecedented. Um, I don't think in my lifetime we've lived to see synagogues shut down, like literally shut down and schools shut down look, it's disorienting. I don't really have words for it. Um, But I think it took a lot of courage on the part of the rabbis. And I think these guys over here in the lobby are at least having a good time. Um, But I think that the um, thing to keep in mind is the reason why they did it uh, was, you know, an attempt to try to slow down the rate at which this Virus travels on the optimistic side. The experience of China and South Korea seems to be that social distancing can have a profound effect. It's not a vaccine, but it can slow the spread of the virus. In some case, even appears to halt it. Um, But if we can at least slow it down, um, we can avoid completely overwhelming the health system. And it feels like that's a heroic thing to do. So. I can only hope that other rabbis in communities uh, around the country and the world can take that example and, and run with it courageously.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can, can I be honest here? Because uh, I, I I do want to be honest. I'll tell you when I initially heard it. To some extent, I, I did applaud. You know, the courageousness of of the local rabbinic leadership. Um, part of me felt that it was extreme. You know, I understand closing shuls. I understand closing schools. But uh going so far as to, you know, prohibit, you know, small social gatherings, like people crowds larger than a hundred people shouldn't congregate, that makes sense. But like to stop all Shabbos meals or to um to not let my kids have play dates feels really extreme. You know, I pendulum back and forth sometimes where where I feel like, you know, if we're gonna do this if we're gonna do this uh social distancing, we should do it right and do it all the way. And there are parts where I think about, you know some some nuance or moderation to preserve, you know, quality of life and not send people into a panic because that that's what I'm experiencing. Like, you know, my WhatsApp is blown up and uh, Everybody is sort of kind of panicking right now. Uh, Yeah. So I'm I'm I I have back and forth feelings. Part of me understands why we're doing this part of me worries if if there's if it's too much or too far. Um, And I'm sharing that, you know, not because I want to get judged or to be told. You know, how one way is right or the other way is, is wrong. But I'm sharing this because I imagine other people are thinking the same thing right now.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. I mean, I my wife has told me that my pendulum swings are getting annoying. <laughs> and I think it's the same kind of pendulum <laughs> that you're describing, um, which is like, I don't know. You're the one who tells me that it's fine to fly. Like, what's the big deal? the The HEPA filtration systems on the planes filter out 99.9% of germs. Um, and, uh, as long as the person in back of you isn't sneezing and coughing, you should be fine. And then I'm not so sure, right? Um, here I am in Israel, uh, we're due to fly back on Sunday, uh, the plane is full. And the more I think about that, the scarier I am, it's that pendulum, right? On the one hand, uh, what could be wrong with flying? I, you know, you read and, uh, the HEPA filtration systems are, it. The filter out 99.9% of all the toxins. You wipe down with your hand sanitizers, and you wash your hands, and that's the main thing, and the virus isn't supposed to last so long in the air, uh, and that's what you feel one time, and then you read it, and then it's like nobody really knows how this virus acts yet, and nobody really knows uh, what the death rate is, and nobody really knows exactly how it transfers, could not remain in the air? It kind of could remain in the air for 30 minutes, even after no one's there, some uh, research shows from China. And then I think to myself, okay, if it takes two weeks for you to be, uh, to show up with symptoms from when you can track this, then like two weeks from now, how many people on my flight are going to be having symptoms? Am I really naive enough to think out of 300 people, it's going to be no one? It's going to be five? It's going to be ten? So, do you really want to be in an airplane with them for 12 hours? It's scary stuff, but it's that same thing, you know? It's like, okay, so, uh, you know, for Emu, it's thinking about how am I going to make it without Shabbos guests or without feeling like my kid's all alone and lonely and never seeing another kid. Uh, Like, do I go that far? And for me, it's like, do I go as far as to keep myself away from half my family? I don't know. So these are the kinds of questions that we have to struggle with now that we didn't have to struggle with before. And uh, it's hard. Yeah,
1: it is tough. You know, I got to say, for me, at least, you know, taking time out of the, the craziness of the day, because there's so much like noise and things are changing from moment to moment and it it, it's sort of like you know the human mind is not able to absorb information this rapid rapidly so like taking time away and even just reflecting on how right just noticing like oh i've pendulumed you know like admitting i have pendulumed back and forth and i remember you know this past uh thursday friday i had emailed you know the leadership of my shul and saying hey i think we need to you know maybe have uh, multiple minyanim and not just, you know, have one, one big minion, but maybe break it into smaller pieces. And they were like, no, you know, don't be so extreme. Don't be so crazy. And then the shul got together along with other rabbis and now closed the shul. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. That's a little extreme, right? Like I'm noticing in myself that like, I'm not satisfied either way. Right. (laughs) In the beginning, I'm upset that they're, they didn't act. And now I'm upset that they acted too much. Um, and, uh, you know, I I, I noticed a, a, a post online uh, from our good friend Yuval Noah Harari, the the author of Sapiens, um, and what he said really uh, that gets you through uh, a pandemic or a virus is, is trust, is to trust local health officials, to trust, strangely, politicians, um, because we kind of need to act as one. And to that end, as much as I don't want to cancel my Shabbos plans, I think I'm going to. Um, as much as I think that some measures are are extreme, I think the only way through this is actually to trust. But yeah, I definitely noticed the penduluming in my own self. Um and yeah, I, I think uh uh taking the space to recognize those things can can help uh at least reduce the <laughs> no pun intended, can can reduce the temperature uh of a, a very stressful situation.
0: Yeah, I think that, that point you brought up about cooperation is uh, is crucial. It's an ironic time. It's a time where physically we need to be as isolated as possible, but in every other way but the physical, we desperately need community as much as possible. That's true here. I think in Aleph Beta Land, you know, we've talked a lot about how wonderful it would be if we could you know, really feel a sense of community with our listeners, reach out to them more. And frankly, there's always another deadline. There's always another thing you got to record. And it's, it's, you know, it's hard to take the time. We do it, you know, I have calls now and then with, with listeners, but it feels to really me like this is the time to do that. The time to everybody on the staff to take some time, make those calls, create that sense of outreach and community and the same is true not just in our little community world. It's true in every community. It's true in the country and it's true in the world. It is a time for community in the world and uh, for building bridges. Um, if the world could get together, uh, it could even cooperate with a coordinated financial response, with a coordinated pledge of nations to help other nations in need you know, that would do a lot. I don't know. Who am I to urge our, our leaders in that direction? But um, I think the more we can build bridges and a sense of community, uh, and to be clear-eyed, which means clear-eyed about the facts, clear-eyed about the science, the more we can do that, uh, those are the things that we can do, and we can reach out and... Uh, Put our faith in god and and connect to the Almighty, even as we connect to each other. I think connection is the name of the game, and it's ironic because in every way but the it, but the physical right the more we pull back physically, this virus demands building bridges in every other way hmm.
1: yeah, I think that's uh that's a profound message and something that uh that's definitely something I'll think about uh today and uh and uh as long as this uh this continues. Um I'm I'm really grateful to have spent the time talking to you Rabbi Foreman and I'm looking forward to to continuing this conversation. Um we're going to try and and release these episodes as often as we can. Um and like we said, we're going to try and uh to interview some people who are the experts on how to put together a kosher Pesach quickly, hagada tips, tips for how to uh to be home with your kids during this time as Rabbi Foreman said quarantine hacks. And we want to hear from you. So if you have something you want to share or a particular story you want to share with us, uh, or if you have feedback on this episode, please email us at info at alephbeta.org. And please, please remember that uh, Aleph Beta is currently free for anybody um, in quarantine or practicing social distancing. Please feel free to log on to alephbeta.org and avail yourself of uh, the resources that we have listed there, of our videos, great things to watch with kids and uh, great things uh, to help you prepare for, for Pesach. Uh, So please check that out.
0: Okay, Emu, thanks for doing this. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again and continuing a journey through a really scary time uh, with you and with our larger community of listeners. And hopefully we can reach out and give each other strength in numbers, even as in some ways we feel more and more alone.